listening to In Tune, a podcast series featuring equity research analysts from BMO Capital Markets. Our shows explore key emerging themes, trends, and issues which are important to our institutional clients globally. How do railroads further improve productivity and what role can technology play? That is what we are taking a deep dive into in today's edition of Into. I'm Camilla Sutton, Head of Product Management in Equity Research, and I am joined by my colleagues, Fadi Shamoon, Transportation Analyst, and John Stevenson, Special Projects Analyst. On October 12th, John and Fadi published Railroad Innovating for the Long Haul, which is a detailed analysis focused on examining the railroad's path to further improve productivity over the next several years, and more specifically, how they can improve their competitive advantage through greater use of technology. The results of this analysis are one of several reasons behind our positive view on the rail sector, and the purpose of this podcast is to bring out the key highlights of this report. So John, let's kick it off with you. Talk about the top three technology-driven innovations that have the potential to impact rail cost structure over the next several years. Yes, we examined a whole list of alternatives, everything from alternative fuels all the way to electrifying the whole U.S. and North American freight rail network. And the three technologies we think are are really the most commercially viable and are most likely to have the most meaningful impact are automated rail car inspection portals. And what these are are portals where the train drives through. They can drive as fast as 70 miles an hour and they can inspect a rail car using infrared technology. 100 times faster than a human can do it, and they can find 87% more defects. Automated track inspection is another technology, which consists of a rail car that's outfitted with sensors and other technology as well as computer algorithms. And they can do what four people can do in a number of months in, in just a few hours. And that's tremendously important because it helps them spot deficiencies in the track, anything that might be misaligned uh, that may cause a future derailment. And then lastly, this is not really a technology, but is an operational change, which is shifting from a two-person crew, namely an engineer and a conductor, to a one-person crew. And what has enabled this is positive train control, which was a mandated technology that the railroads have installed, really to avoid head-on crashes. And we think this is something that's going to happen within the next little while. And uh, those are the major major technologies that are, are most impactful. So Fadi, how much savings are we talking about in terms of actual dollar or reduction in unit costs? So we expect the rail freight car inspection technology will lead to approximately 500 million in cost reductions. This is for the publicly traded class one railroads. It represents about 1.2% of operating costs. The track inspection technology could lead to another 240 million in cost savings, and that's about 60 basis point lower operating costs. And the large source of reduction is the shift to one-person crew, uh, which we anticipate can deliver 2.4 billion in cost reduction for these uh, railroads. In aggregate, we are talking about 3.1 billion, about 430 basis point of potential margin improvement. To put this in operating ratio term, which is a key metric that investors focus on, the average operating ratio for the industry would fall to 53.9% from an estimated 58.2% in 2021, all else being equal. 
But that's not it, really. There are far more benefits that are not included in these direct cost reduction opportunities. Because by automating inspection, the rate of accidents will fall, track failures will be fewer, uh, which means rail capacity improves, and more importantly, service levels also improve supporting market share gain opportunity for the railroads uh, from other modes like trucking. These indirect benefits are potentially as important as the direct benefit we talked about. I would also add to the technology investment benefits that the railroad industry is now coming out of a period of transformation from an operating perspective, as well as depressed volume levels really over the last two, three years. So precision scheduled railroading across the industry has improved asset velocity and service level. So we think that in addition to the technology-driven cost opportunities in the next three or five years, the railroad are also well-positioned to deliver strong productivity benefit from leveraging the PSR implementation. So for some railroads, particularly the long-haul railroads, an operating ratio in the 50% is realistic. So John, are all the railroads on an equal footing when it comes to investment in these technologies or cost reduction opportunities? Yeah, they pretty much are. The largest source of cost reduction is in uh, going from two to one person crew. And we really think that will be something that will be handled industry-wide. It'll be done through the collective bargaining process. The U.S. and Canada will also, Canadian-based railroads and the U.S. railroads will largely move at the same time as well. And in terms of the other technologies we spoke about, the automated track inspection and automated rail car inspection, those also will move at the same rate. And they're all done in-house, these technologies. Uh, all the railroads have them, and they're just doing them as pilot projects right now. But we expect them to be deployed across all their networks over the next several years. So, Fatty, walk me through, what does a lower cost curve mean for the railroads? Yeah, this is a great question, Camilla. Um, so earlier, we characterized the cost reduction opportunity in terms of what it means to the operating ratio. I think that the railroad will look at this improvement in their cost to serve alongside the PSR benefit as an opportunity to improve volume and market share. And all these factors are kind of tied together. So more volume can be a source of unit cost reduction and technology can improve service and capacity and allow more volumes to be onboarded on the rail network and so on. So our belief is that railroads will emphasize business development and commercial strategies going forward to leverage the PSR benefit and the technology-driven tailwind that we talked about. What is interesting is that all of these things are occurring now against the backdrop where cyclical demand is also positive. So railroads' main competitor, the trucking industry, is also facing structural cost pressure. So overall, we think the volume growth for the railroad is probably better than it has been at any point in the past 20 years. So John, the report also touches on the opportunity to leverage electrification of the trucking fleet to further enhance the value of intermodal service. Can you elaborate? How does that specifically work? Sure, Camilla. When we talk about intermodal, we're really speaking about a complete package of services. It's the pickup of freight from the shipper's yard and then the delivery of it to a rail intermodal terminal. And then it's moved across the country to another terminal, a rail terminal, and then it's trucked to the final destination. And that local first mile and last mile is what we refer to as drayage. And typically that's done by older trucks, a lot of independent drivers, and many ports 
uh, where many of this intermodal activity originate, such as the Port of Los Angeles and Long Beach, have mandated that they don't want to see diesel trucks doing this. They want them all electrified within the next decade. And so what we're seeing is this would be a great way for the rails to extend their leadership in terms of environmental, the green credentials of the rails, because they are so much more fuel efficient than trucking. They're three to four times more fuel efficient. So even though this we have estimated that the overall cost impact of electrifying it is only about 1.2%. Uh, we do think this has huge benefits in terms of making the overall offering, the intermodal offering, more green, and that will be attractive to some. And where we see this working so effectively is because this is all short mileage, this local delivery, it's all sort of in the order of 10 to 20 miles. That's ideal because those trucks come back to a depot can recharge. We've looked at the possibility of over-the-road trucking, but currently the infrastructure to do that recharging just doesn't exist. So it's no longer, it's really not possible to do long-haul delivery you know, using electric drivetrain at this point. So Fadi, you focus on the railroads, improve cost to serve and competitive advantage over the medium term. Do you not believe this advantage can be sustained over the long term? We have done a lot of work on truck technologies and what these technologies can do to the trucking cost structure. A lot of reports are in our library since 2019 on this topic. The bottom line, we think that a driverless truck with an electric engine is possible maybe by the end of this decade or early next decade. In this scenario, truck cost per ton mile could decline by 44% and really eat significantly into the railroad cost advantage. In fact, we find that only on average lengths of haul of 2,000 miles or longer, the railroads are likely to retain cost advantage versus trucking that is driverless and ultimately electric uh, electrified engine. There is a lot that could happen between now and 10 years from now, basically. And these new technologies on the trucking side, as they get introduced into the market, what type of regulatory framework will be governing those technologies? We think the railroad still have another round of mergers also that could potentially deliver another step function improvement in their unit cost. And maybe that will prove to be the tool that they use to defend their market position over the longer term. So there's still a lot of moving pieces that I think makes the longer term kind of picture a little bit cloudier, but definitely the trucking industry has some uh, opportunities over the medium to longer term to deliver a big change in their own unit cost. So John, let's switch course a little bit. What is the latest update on progress towards driverless trucking? Well, it's exciting, Camilla. The industry has been innovating on a lot of fronts. I think kind of one benchmark we look towards is the April 2021 IPO of Too Simple. And they're an autonomous uh, long-haul trucking company that offers over-the-road trucking as a service. So they believe that their technology can reduce the per-mile cost by 50% over traditional trucking. And it's already operating on a fee-for-service basis in the Southwest United States. So essentially they're going from California to Texas or vice versa. And they operate what they call an autonomous freight network. And that's limited to a few routes right now, but they're digitally mapping out the rest of the country. And in many ways, what they're doing is very similar to what the rails do with, with intermodal in that they're leaving the first and the last mile to 
other trucking companies and individual drivers. And then they are doing the autonomous portion of the long haul freight route themselves. And we think this is the first of many to IPO in the space. And it will, over time, continue to raise the level of competitive intensity for for rails because this will set a new bar in terms of service and price. So Fatty, from a more bottoms-up standpoint, which railroad benefits more? Okay, I mean, just to kind of recap a little bit, the railroads over the next three to five years have this cost improvement opportunity that we described today from these technology and innovation side of uh, the market. They also have the opportunity to start leveraging that operational transformation and PSR transformation of the past few years. Thirdly, they are also likely to benefit from structural pressure on trucking costs over the next three to five years. And rail management are sharpening their focus on uh, gaining market share, on really leveraging that improved cost to serve to grow volume faster. And obviously, you have hopefully a strong economy in the next two to three years, at least that's our forecast. So that's kind of backdrop we think is going to benefit all the railroads. Our outperform rated railroads are Union Pacific and CSX. We are still restricted on CP Rail and Kansas City Southern because of BMO's role in the merger of these two companies. But I think, you know, generally speaking, this is a uh, backdrop that will be very beneficial to all the railroads and should have, you know, three to five years of strong tailwinds. And as we also described, over the longer term, there's still a lot of moving pieces, but the trucking cost improvement opportunity is something we're going to continue to watch very, very closely. Fatty and John, thank you for joining us. That was Fadi Shamoon, Transportation Analyst, and John Stevenson, Special Projects Analyst here at BMO. BMO Capital Markets is proud to deliver a thoughtful analysis of upcoming equity research trends that will prove important to clients' investment decisions through both this in tune podcast, as well as their commodity-specific Metal Matters hosted by Colin Hamilton. If you enjoyed today's in tune podcast, please do subscribe and rate it. Thanks for listening to Intune, presented by BMO Capital Markets Equity Research. You can subscribe to Intune on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast providers. Or visit our website at researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com to listen to more podcasts. Until next time, thank you for tuning in. To access our full disclosures, please visit researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com slash public dash disclosure.